Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. You need to have some sort of mechanism in place to notify you as soon as those leads come in and so you can actually capitalize on that because they're still in that quote-unquote buying state when they're entering their information and you can talk to them when they're still in that state and thinking about selling their house. How great would it be to buy a piece of institutional quality income-producing commercial buildings? Well, now you can with Building Bits. It's not a REIT or a fund. Building Bits is a new platform for non-accredited investors where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building lease to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. You can now invest in the same quality assets, which have previously only been available to institutions and wealthy individuals. Once you choose your building on buildingbits.com, you can invest as little as $500 and receive your share of the rents while Building Bits' team of real estate pros handles all the management aspects of the building. For the first time, the big corporations in America can actually start paying you. And when the building is sold in the future, the potential appreciation is redistributed to everyone so you don't just get the rental income, but also share in the upside. Best of all, since these securities are SEC qualified, they are freely tradable immediately. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait. Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of their current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Dan Swartz, how you doing, Dan? I am doing really well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. Nice to have you on the show. A little bit about Dan. He is the CEO of InvestorFuse, which is a lead management workspace for real estate investors. It's helped hundreds of investors automate a part of their business. He's based in Austin, Texas, and the website is InvestorFuse.com, which is also on the show notes page. You can click through there. So with that being said, Dan, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your current focus? Absolutely. It's been a while since I've been on the show, but I was on very early on. Things have rapidly changed since then. My background is as a wholesaler. I started flipping houses right after I graduated from university with a marketing degree and realized that having an infinite income is much better than a salary. So I got into wholesaling while simultaneously playing music on the road, which essentially forced me to get really good at building systems and figuring out how to fire myself from the local 
tasks that I couldn't physically do because I was on the road all the time. And that's sort of led to creation of InvestorFuse, which is essentially a CRM to help investors automate a lot of their lead management duties that plague most investors who really aren't that good at follow-up, which is like the essential thing that you need to have in place in order to consistently do deals. Mm -hmm. And that has spawned a really nice community of investors who are systems-minded and our whole goal is to help investors fire themselves from their business so they focus on the essential tasks in their business and life. And that's where we're at now. Over 600 companies on the platform. Cool. Well, congrats on the growth. So how long have you had the company? Started it in 2015. 2015, we are in the early stages of 2019. So about four or so years, you've got how many companies you said? 650? 650 on the platform. There's a legacy version, which is on Podio, who a lot of your listeners might be aware of. And the new platform is rolling out as we speak, InvestorFuse 2.0. About half are on that now. Cool. So what have been some lessons you've learned over the last four or so years as a CEO of a real estate software company? Well, I've learned that real estate investors require simplicity and complexity basically is the killer of real estate businesses. People have analysis paralysis when there's too many systems and tools and most investors just want to put deals together and not have to worry about technology or processes and systems. And I think it's, it's important to just to create as many simple processes in your business as possible and remove yourself from a lot of the tedious stuff. What are some examples you're referencing when you say real estate investors require simplicity? Well, a big thing that we believe in is the 80-20 principle. So 80% of your results are going to come from 20% of your activities. So you really think about your day in terms of what actions are actually bringing in revenue. Those are typically the actions that you should be architecting your business around so that you're only doing those actions. For instance, negotiating major deals, hiring amazing team members, designing systems to remove yourself from a lot of the activities in your business, educating yourself, taking care of your body. Like those are the essential things that really people should be focusing on. And those are kind of, I wouldn't say the simple things, but those are the high dollar per hour activities. And then a lot of the tedious stuff that still needs to get done, like doing your marketing, analyzing the deals, pulling the comps, writing up the offers, managing the VAs, all that stuff needs to get done, but not necessarily by you. So it's just creating an awareness around the the actions in your business that actually bring you money and trying to remove yourself from everything else. Um, Kind of a long-winded answer to that. But the simple way to do your deals is just do the things that you're good at. Mm -hmm. And knowing that you have that insight as a lesson learned over the last four years with your company, how have you applied that to your business? I realize that I'm not good at the details oriented things. I'm I'm sort of the more visionary type in my business. So I've surrounded myself with folks that are better at the details, that are better at handling the technical side of things and the customers with my software company. In my real estate company, how I did that was, again, it's just kind of hiring folks that are going to compensate for your weaknesses I have a good book recommendation that kind of dives into this if you'd like me to share. Sure. Really good book called Rocket Fuel. Mm -hmm. 
which is essentially a book that talks about the dynamic between business partners, the visionary and the integrator. And I think that is an essential piece to my success is, is having a business partner that compensates for my weaknesses. I sort of play offense as the visionary and he plays defense as the integrator. Mm-hmm. And you see that as a pattern across a lot of the most successful companies. How'd you meet your business partner? We did a lot of work together. We quote unquote dated before getting married. We worked together, essentially helping investors build systems and automate their CRMs using Podio. So I had a lot of clients that needed my help and he had some skills that I didn't have to actually build out systems for people. And he was doing this by himself as a consultant. I had a bit of a following at that time as a wholesaler and systems guy. And we started working together, just helping investors out. And eventually it just made sense that, man, we work really well together and let's turn this into an actual scalable company. And uh, I would recommend that's a good strategy for folks is to do some deals with some people just as partners or consultants or JVs before you actually partner up and, and split equity in your organization. Are you still wholesaling deals? I am doing some marketing on the side where I generate the leads and split the deals 50-50. Okay. So you're still involved in the transactions. You just focus on a particular area of the transaction. You're doing 50-50 profit splits. Right. Does that go back to the 80-20 thing and focusing on things you enjoy? Exactly. I enjoy setting up the mechanism for leads to come in and I don't want to be involved with the process after that. Mm-hmm. And also just from a time standpoint, I'm pretty busy running investor fees. So I don't have time to be actively talking to sellers and doing deals and such. So with the systems and information I know, I'm just leveraging that. Mm-hmm. Doing the most modern forms of lead generation, sending those leads to a trusted partner in Baltimore and then splitting the deals 50-50. And what are the most modern forms of lead generation? Well, right now is cold calling. So it's pulling a very targeted list of direct sellers, getting their phone number via a skip trace service, and then one by one cold calling them using systems like Mojo Dialer just to get these potential sellers on the phone and determine if they have a house to sell or not very quickly. And if they do have a house to sell, that lead gets piped over to my partner and he converts that into a hopefully a profitable deal. Why do you think cold calling, I feel like it's come back. It's the thing. Why do you think that is? It's because it's harder. So I'm noticing a trend with real estate marketing that the harder it is to scale, the better it is going to be and the less people are doing it. Two years ago, there, there hardly was anyone doing cold calling. Everyone was doing direct mail and then they noticed that direct mail responses are going down. So what's the harder thing to do? Well, it's to reach out to these people one by one via the phone and figuring out the systems to use for that. Well, two years later, now the systems are much easier for cold calling. You can use this tool like PropStream and within five minutes, get a whole list of phone numbers for vacant houses in your target market. So now it's basically whatever the harder form of marketing is, that's where you want to be looking. And I think if I were to make a prediction now that everybody's cold calling, the next thing is going to be door knocking because that's going to be the next progression <laughs> of the hardest thing to do, right? All comes full circle. Yep, cycles. Knowing that that's your prediction, have you done anything to get ahead of the curve? No, but I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about what tools and systems we can create to make that an even easier process. Mm-hmm. 
I guarantee you that those types of tools, there's already a lot of bird dock tracking tools. Just buy some drones that that have a a mechanical hand that will knock. (laughs) Just fly them around the neighborhoods. It knocks and then drops off a little flyer. (laughs) Exactly. What were you going to say? I interrupted you. What were you going to say? I was just going to say you're going to see a lot of door knocking gurus over the next year or so. So (laughs) I think that's a a good thing to, to get ahead of the curve is just to get a really targeted list of sellers that high equity, vacant, or even owner occupied, which is frequently ignored. And maybe try doing some door knocking campaigns. You're going to reach that person and connect with them in a way that your competitors aren't by just sending mail or cold calling. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned a couple systems when you were talking about cold calling. I want to make sure I heard you correctly. To get a list, a service you recommend or at least mention was something called Prop Stream. Is that yes. correct? Okay. Prop Stream. And then to call people, I think you said Mojo Dialer. Correct. Mojo Dialer. What about the Skip Trace service? That is built into PropStream, actually. Okay. Cool. Any other vendors that you'd recommend be incorporated into this? Yeah, you can check out Call Porter. They can actually make your outbound calls. Mm-hmm. So callporter.com can make your outbound calls and they're real estate trained lead specialists. Cool. But between those three tools right there, you can set up a cold calling campaign within a day, which is kind of crazy. Yeah, that is. Leave me off the list, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> With the three services that you mentioned, which one takes the longest to acclimate to if you're starting out and you've never done this before? I'd say they're all pretty basic tools, but PropStream has a lot going on inside in terms of list creation. Mm-hmm. You sort of have to know what all the terms mean. Tax delinquent, absentee owners. There's a lot of different filters and stuff. There isn't like a click this button and get a list. You have to go in and determine what kind of list you want to pull based on your market. So okay. maybe you have a lot of vacant houses in your market. Maybe you have a lot of tax delinquencies, but it helps to have a little bit of experience in your market or to ask other investors what the motivated seller's situation looks like in your market. And then using that information to create an Real filtered list. I recommend, I think in this market, since everyone has access to the same leads, that the more targeted your initial data list is, the better you're going to be. But that, that's just part of it. The other way you're going to compete is just by having the best possible follow-up system to actually monetize those leads once they come in. And that's sort of what I'm all about. Mm-hmm. So you've got a couple ways to rise above the pack. One is a targeted list. Two is having a great follow-up system. So ideally, you do both. But if you were to look at your business, you're more towards the follow-up system because you've got investor fuse. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. And I believe that even if your marketing isn't as good as your competitor, but you're able to follow up and stay on top of your leads in an organized, systematic way more than your competitor, then in the long run, you're going to win. Just because the majority of your deals are, are not going to be from that initial phone call. By definition, your deals are all going to be follow-up, right? They're all going to be that post-first contact negotiation. Are you, are you able to track that to see how many leads are completed after a certain number of follow-ups across your whole system? Yes, you how, can track how, that. What, but are you able to see it from a, a big picture? I'm just looking for some data points. Mm-hmm. How many leads are converted into sales after 
the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, et cetera, follow up? It's funny you mentioned that. There's only one study right now, the Harvard Business Review study that says you'll have a 90% higher close rate after the sixth or seventh touch point. Mm -hmm. But that hasn't really been checked yet. So part of my vision with Investor Reviews is to actually get more accurate data for that, for the investor community. And I think we have the scale to actually get that type of data. But the Harvard Business Review says six to seven touch points uh, gives you 90% higher chance. And I have a bunch of more of these stats on one of our eBooks, if if you don't mind. Yeah, what is it? It's called the 10 Commandments. You can download it on our main website, investorfuse.com. 10 Commandments of Lead Management kind of gives you the essential stats and rules that you should follow in order to maximize the most out of your marketing. Harvard Business Review is just talking about business in general though, right? They're not talking about Uh, real estate specific. Yeah, it's sales stats, generally speaking. Yeah, okay. Like if you don't respond to your lead within five minutes, that type of stuff. And I would guess that that is actually less than five minutes now because the study was like five years ago. Mm -hmm. People's attention spans are lower. Right. I think it also depends on what type of lead it is too. Because I don't do this type of business, but my target audience is accredited investors. And when they submit a form on my website to get to know us and they fill out their information, I imagine if we were to reply literally within five minutes, which we don't do, but it's that same day, it would be a little weird if we replied immediately. Because then it seemed like a a robot was replying to them, Mm. not as an actual person. But with single family homes and buying the properties. I totally get that. If someone's calling with an issue or they're looking to sell, you better capture that lead immediately. Otherwise they're going to go to someone else. Right. So you need to have some sort of mechanism in place to notify you as soon as those leads come in. And so you can actually capitalize on that because they're still in that quote unquote buying state when they're entering their information and you can talk to them when they're still in that state and thinking about selling their house. What's your best real estate investing advice ever? Get a team. My best real estate investing advice is you can't do this alone. If you are overwhelmed and feel like you're the jack of all trades right now, you're never going to be able to scale and truly own a business. So hiring a team not only is a forcing function for you to grow as a person and a leader, but it's a way that you can enjoy your business more because you're going to be focusing on the things that you're good at Mm -hmm. instead of struggling with the minutia that you might not like. There are people out there that are good and enjoy the minutia that you don't like. And it's important to understand that. So I think hiring that first employee or a virtual assistant or even a business partner is the best move you could possibly make. And it'll help you scale much, much quicker. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. First, quick word from our best ever partners. Wouldn't it be nice to buy a piece of institutional quality, income-producing commercial real estate buildings for as little as $500? Now you can with Building Bits. Building Bits is a new platform where virtually anyone, regardless of income, can select a building leased to a major corporation with a guaranteed long-term lease. The $500 minimum with no upfront fees is available only for a limited time. There are great properties available nationwide with major tenants, so don't wait Go to buybits.us today and pick your property before they're all sold out of the current inventory. That's buybits.us. That's buy, B-U-I, bits, B-I-T-S, dot U-S. The SEC offering circular is available at buildingbits.com. 
When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com. Best ever deal you've done personally? I would say it's one of the JV deals that came in. I just received the $25,000 wire and I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) And by nothing, you did the marketing to get that. Yeah, I set up the initial systems and then that was it. The systems didn't even require me to manage it or anything. So he just got a really, it was a $50,000 deal and we split it 50-50. Nice. What's a mistake you've made on a transaction? My biggest mistake I've made was not getting back to the seller in time, believe it or not. When I was more actively wholesaling in Baltimore, we were just using spreadsheets to manage our leads. And I called this guy back. He said he just talked to someone right before I called him and he put it under contract. And it was in a really hot neighborhood in Baltimore that I could have made a thirty, forty thousand dollars dollars wholesale fee on. And he told me, hey, if you got to me sooner, I, I would have probably gave it to you. And that was the impetus I needed to take systems a little more seriously. Best ever way you like to give back? I like to share what I've learned. If you go to just the Investor Fees blog, there's a ton of epic how-to guides about how to structure deals, how to generate leads, lead management, all that stuff, just for free. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you got going on? You can check us out on Facebook. If you search for Investor Fees, you'll find me on there. I'm happy to answer people's questions personally as well. If you shoot me a message on Facebook through the Investor Fees page or from my personal page, I'm more than happy to help people. Well, Dan, thank you for being on the show and enjoyed learning how your business has evolved from when you started Investor Fuse to today. I really liked hearing about some specific vendors that you recommend using for cold calling and also you think door knocking is the next thing because I love the insight that you gave and that is the harder it is to scale, the less people doing it. So that tends to be an area of opportunity. So if you can find a way to scale something that's hard to scale and refine that system, then you could have a competitive advantage. And on that competitive advantage, you mentioned a couple things to rise above the pack. One is to have a highly targeted list and two is to have a follow-up system. So enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. When it's Friday at 4.30 p.m., it's time for Entrepreneur Drinks Podcast, which is co-produced by Joint Ops Properties and Discount Property Investors. Join their end-of-the-work-week session as they tackle problems facing entrepreneurs. Listen and subscribe at entrepreneurdrinks.com. That's entrepreneurdrinks.com.